It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, get you to the weekend edition of the PJ Show from the Working Man's Beach. Patrick Johnson with you here. Hello again, everybody. Nice to have you on this uh, Friday. It is uh, the uh, top sports show in Greenville and in the East. I'll say that. Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game. 94.3thegame.com is where we are streaming. And, uh, of course, the IBX Media app, which is free for download on uh, Google Play and the App Store. Uh, the other thing, uh, we are on X, we are on YouTube, we are on Facebook with our video. So you can catch us there. We're doing a, a video uh, edition of the show for Friday in the morning hours and a little more of one in the uh, later hours, uh, the radio side. So we're a radio audience, which we really appreciate. Uh, our radio audience is invaluable to what we uh, do, and they have been invaluable to what we do. And we have a great audience, and I can't thank you enough because uh, to be able to do sports and ECU sports and talking on the radio, uh, I am uh, I'm I'm as happy as a clam. I'm as happy as a little schoolgirl. All right, let's go now to uh, our uh, producer and co-host of this fine program, Pilk. You weren't here yesterday. You were uh, in the capital city of Raleigh. And uh, let me thank you for the job you did on Wednesday. I hope I didn't mess you up too much by going all Hinton on the interview with you. I hope I didn't do that. Oh, no, that was funny on Wednesday. I enjoyed that. I, I think it brought more because we did a great balance of the segment of good analysis with a little fun. Sometimes in sports radio, I think we get too serious sometimes, and it was fun to have a little fun and, and run around. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Well, you and I were talking about it right before the show, too. I think today we're our best self today because we're going to have the pirate angle covered. But we're talking about other things. And, and here at the 5 o'clock hour, we are serving a greater audience, uh, not just ECU fans. So uh, today's one of those days. Uh, Joe Albee, and you might know Joe Albee from uh, Carolina Outdoor Journal. He and Nate Summers, who's the uh, sports editor of the uh, Reflector, and Nate and I have known each other probably for over 20 years. And uh, I love Nate. Nate and I have uh, had a love-hate relationship at times. Uh, but we're just, uh, in many ways, despite being uh, diametrically opposed uh, in geography, he's from the north, I'm from the south, uh, being diametrically opposed politically, uh, Nate and I are, are really uh, great friends. And I'm, I'm really proud of Nate and this book that he has uh, written with Joe Albee. I'm going to hold it up for you. I think Pilk's got... Uh, something too. Can you see that? Yes. Mountain wave. This is a true story of, uh, winds that would sweep down mountains in Alaska into the, uh, bodies of water and create uh, chaos essentially. And uh, a person died. Joe was a part of, uh, one of these groups that got caught up in this and, uh, Joe nearly uh, perished. And I didn't know that. And I've gotten to know Joe just a little bit through the talk of the town show. I've watched him, obviously, on Carolina Outdoor Journal. So Joe's going to join us uh, video-wise here in a few minutes. Uh, also, uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, the great Joe Giglio from the OG Podcast. Uh, he'll be with us, and we'll talk uh, Duke, Carolina, and uh, other things in college uh, sports. So that's uh, 
That's the show for today. Uh, we will uh, preview ECU basketball coming up in just a little bit, but I want to start with this, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington. Uh, your Carolina Panthers made it official yesterday. They hired the uh, head coach, or they hired their new head coach. Let's. Uh, you you cut up this audio. Um, you know, I don't know if one is something that. What, what do you think the most uh, kind of essential piece of audio that would spark a conversation was out of these five cuts that you? Well, two of them are Dan Morgan. So out of the three, uh, Canals cut or Canalis cut, whatever however you pronounce his name, um, he looks like a Greek god though. Which one of those three is the one that you think is the uh, is the one that would uh, be most interesting to our audience, Pilk? Uh, creating the environment that needs to be created, number three. Excellent. It's a little lengthy, but let's play it. The marriage and the connection of it with Dan and I is just to create an environment, an environment that's set up um, that our players have every resource at their disposal, that they come in here and they got a plan for their body, they got a plan for their mind, they got a plan for their whole person as they walk in, and that this building stops everything when our players come in and say, how can I help you? How can I serve you? That's the type of place that we have to be. Um, it, it definitely speaks to the coaching staff being developmentally minded. I don't care about what we can't do. What can we do? Who are these players that we have? And how are we going to maximize those strengths on a daily basis? We're looking for championship moments, championship days. And that's got to be a full-on commitment every single time we walk in here. Um, so for me, it's about building that culture building our language, making sure that we're using specific language. There's going to be a bunch of buzzwords being thrown around. I don't like synonyms. We all speak the same language, and we're heading in the same direction with that alignment that we talk about. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to create that culture. Culture is what you celebrate. All right, so all the buzzwords there on the bingo card, as he even noted. Uh, so, I mean, he's saying all the right things. He's young, he's energetic, he's a bright guy, uh, good-looking guy, all of that. Now... Um, can you do this under David Tepper? That's the question, because the Tepper culture sucks. Tepper's culture is toxic. It is knee-jerk reaction. It is doing things that make no sense, no sense, towards uh, being a sustained winning franchise, despite his massive wealth. Uh, and despite the fact that they, they get massive amounts of money from the NFL TV, to, everything there is a blunder. And so, can P- Pilk, I ask you this, as you're a Pan- long-suffering Panthers fan, can he truly establish a culture that needs to be established? Does, is this guy going to have the, the testicular fortitude, the backbone, the spine, to do what needs to be done? And is Dan Morgan going to have that same uh, you know, spine. Because Tepper's gonna, Tepper is gonna interfere. In fact, I got, I got a number for you right here, Pilk. And this is just, this blew my mind. Blue, blew my mind. My best, uh, Larry David. By the way, Curb coming back Sunday. Can't wait for that. Curb your enthusiasm's back. Pilk, cue up the Curb your enthusiasm theme for going to break here. So we'll celebrate the that? final season. You, just, you ever heard of Google, Pilk? Curb your enthusiasm theme. Come right, on. I'll get it. A good producer would know this. Where do I find this? So get this. Listen in one ear and work with the other. All right? 
Right. Canales wants to team with Bryce Young. He's excited to work with an amazing talent, he says. Of course. This is this blew my mind. Young finished his rookie season. Now, he is a rookie. 29th out of the 30 qualified quarterbacks in total QBR. Okay. More things that blew my mind. He was sacked a team record 62 times. He had the fewest touchdown passes, tied for the fewest touchdown passes, with at least 500 pass attempts in one season with 11. That's an NFL history. So that's the other thing. You've mortgaged the farm for a guy that I don't think can do it. I'm no expert like uh, Doug Martin. I've not seen as much NFL football like Jim Zoki, but I, I just, whew, I don't, I, I don't think the guy, not saying he can't be a serviceable or even effective quarterback in the NFL or really good quarterback in the NFL, but he is not the guy you should have mortgaged the farm for. And I don't care who you bring in to run the offense. Did Dan Morgan say anything of note or is it more just those same kind of platitudes? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of the same thing. Cut five is solid when he says the right. team needs to be feared again. I liked that. All right. Well, you're a Panthers fan. You like that? We got a little time here. Let's, let's hit that before we get Joe all be on. You know, just kind of wanted to talk about like the type of players that we want to bring in here and just DNA wise. Um, first of all, we, we, we need to find those leaders, those competitors. As Jay Stu would say, those dogs. Like we need some dogs. Like we got to get some guys that are passionate about football, that love football. They want to come out every day and compete. On the practice field, in the weight room, we need competitors. We got to bring that back here. We got to bring that back here to Bank of America Stadium to where people get excited about coming to see our team. Um, we're super passionate about bringing a team that the fans can be proud of, um, that our, you know, players can be proud of. Like when, when they, when, when teams drive up to this stadium, we want them to fear that logo. The logo has to be feared again because right now it's not feared. So we got to get that back. But I think it starts with getting the right type of players. All right. Well, I mean, again, he's right. But can you do it under David Tepper as the owner? That, that's my only question in this whole thing, Bill. So you want to know how to do it under David Tepper as the owner? The unfortunate thing is, you know, you brought up, do they have the spine? The unfortunate thing is you have no. to find the balance of actually not having the spine and not standing up to him, but getting him to kind of buy into your Well, you got, yeah, you got to convince him. Yeah. You got to convince him. I agree and, with that. And when I you don't have the spine or you do have the spine, what happens to you is what happened to Jimmy Johnson after he won his second consecutive Super Bowl under Jerry Jones. Because this is the, I mean, obviously we haven't seen Tepper long enough. So the only thing we can compare him to is other manipulative Hit two hands on owners, so we're going to do Jerry owners. Jones. Yeah. Yep, and Jimmy Johnson had too much of a spine, and he got fired despite winning back to back Super Bowls. The only guy who's really hung around there for an extended period of time is Jason Garrett. And the unfortunate thing for the Cowboys under Jason Garrett, Max, or yes, look, but, you know, yeah, exactly. Now he did get them to where they were consistently at least eight and eight and had a couple playoff appearances, but unfortunately that's probably the ceiling under David Tepper is those early 2010s Cowboys teams well, that would sneak into a two Dan, every now and again feels, and never make championship. This feels more like Dan Snyder 
And 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 then look, this whole thing is, and I mean from the the ownership meddling thing. Not yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're because they're telling yeah. players to draft. Yeah, correct. But I mean, this is when the owner is that involved. Al Davis, uh, the late Al Davis, uh, Jerry Jones, Snyder in D.C. before he got forced out. When the owner is that involved, it does not work out. It just doesn't. And so Tepper has to be self-aware enough, which he's not, to, yes, I want to have a sphere of, in, a sphere of influence on this franchise. I own it. But I need to have enough confidence in the people I've hired to let them do their jobs. And I just don't think he's got – he is not secure enough to do that, I don't think. All right, Pilk, let's uh, go to break. we got Pirate Basketball this weekend. We'll tell you more about it. Uh, Joe Albee will join us next. He's got a book signing in Greenville. We'll find out about that, uh, this great new book that is out. We told you it was one you needed to get for the holidays. Uh, Barnes & Noble in Greenville will have uh, a version of it or, or copies of it for sale. Uh, tomorrow. Joe Albee, what an honor for me to talk to him next. Uh, Carolina Outdoor Journal uh, and uh, author of the new book, along with Nate Summers, Mountain Wave. We'll find out all about that. Plus, Joe Giglio still to come. LD returns Sunday night. Curb your enthusiasm. HBO. Can't wait. Riding shotgun with you on the drive home. It's showtime. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. What a treat for me here on the Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Joe Albee, Carolina Outdoor Journal and uh, author of the book Mountain Wave along with Nate Summers. Uh, a uh, harrowing account of a of true events uh, joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So I'm pleased. Oh, there he is. Joe, this is awesome for me, man. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not kidding when I tell you this. Um, I am, uh, I am a, uh, Kelly McCollum's one of my best buddies and he runs, uh, now public TV up in, uh, or one of the Poobahs. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Super guy. And so I, I actually find myself at times watching a lot of, uh, UNC TV over the years. So, and anytime I'm flipping through and Carolina Outdoor Journal's on, I stop because, uh, I'm not an outdoorsman. But I just love the scenery. I love to listen to the dialogue because it's easy even for someone like me who's not an outdoorsman to follow. Uh, so I just, I, for me, this is awesome uh, because well, I love that. I love my show. So this is really good. Thank you. Glad to be here, Patrick. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's nice to have you. Let, we we can talk about that in a little bit. I want to talk about the book. I don't want to waste any time because uh, when you came on Talk of the Town and you and Nate and talked about this, I, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. Um, you were in Alaska many, many years ago and got caught up in this. I don't want to give away everything in the book, but I mean, it was a pretty harrowing, as it says in the subtitle, harrowing uh, experience. It, it, yeah, it really was, Patrick. And the book's been out now for about going on six weeks. We've had time to um, <clears throat> get it out online, uh, really li- literally available now worldwide online. And, and I've had time to have some feedback from readers, which was very, has been very important to me. Um, because it's, it's a short read, you know, but it's, it's a story that you need to read from the beginning to end to get the whole, um, real story of why I wanted to write it. Because if it happened to the four of us, it can happen to anybody anywhere outdoors. And it's a story of survival. It's a story of, um, 
volunteerism where people came. I mean, when you know, when you understand where we were, one of the most remote parts of, of the world, especially in Alaska, uh, in that 1989 where there was no cell phones, um, wow. you know, and the only access was by air or by boat. Uh, it's amazing that any of us survived the event, but, um, anybody that, and the book really applies to anybody that enjoys the outdoors. You can fish, you can hunt, you can mountain hike, canoe, doesn't matter. Uh, but the book was written, uh, with Nate, uh, Summers, who, uh, it was a great example of collaboration. Um, you know, the story that I came to the table with and his talents and, uh, he, he did just a stand up job on it, uh, with me. We just, we worked on it for about a year and a half and, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Really pleased with it. Did you, uh, how did you and Nate connect? Well, I know Nate fishes, so is that kind of where that connection it, came? It is. It is. We uh, actually collaborated on a story for Wildlife in North Carolina Magazine. It's been two years ago on a, uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a number of years, and that's, uh, Chad fish on four of our major rivers. We have an annual migration of, uh, hickory and white shad into our rivers each spring. And I thought it would be neat to try to do all four rivers in one day. Now, I've been asked if I had lost my mind to even think about doing that. <laughs> but but we, we tried it the first time and failed because the only qualification was we had to catch each uh, myself and uh, Richard Andrews, a, a real uh-huh. a well-known guy out of Bath. Uh, he fished with me, and, and Nathan went to do the story. And uh, we had to each catch a shad. And the first year we tried it, we stopped in Gold and Lanouse River. We didn't catch any shad that morning, and so we had to stop. But in the second trial, we were successful. And wow. in the day's time, we covered over 400 miles and, and caught shad in, in our four major rivers. So we did, we, we did the story, um, or Nate wrote the story. And, and I've known Nate now probably for, what, five years? Super nice guy, super uh, uh, very experienced writer and a great fisherman. He's not bad for a guy from Philly, a Yankee. He's not bad. For, well, exactly. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> <laughs> He's Southern by now. Um, uh, Mountain Wave is the book. Joe Albee and Nate Summers have uh, written this. Uh, put up on the screen the uh, book here for the video audience. Uh, you guys are going to be at Barnes & Noble tomorrow from 2 to 4 in Greenville for a uh, book signing. So the book will be available. And as you say, uh, it is a, uh, it's not a lengthy book in the sense it's a chore to get through. It's a relatively short read, a very short read actually, but it's so compelling. Uh, so, uh, tell us about, uh, what's going on tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. From two to four at Barnes, Dublin, Greenville will be our first actual book signing at a, uh, bookstore. Uh, Barnes and Noble does have the book available now online, as does Amazon. I mentioned earlier, all of the major that I can find so far, all the major book distributors online are carrying the book. The books are available also locally um, at Greenville Marine, the tackle shop uh, here in Greenville. Um, along the beaches right now, I know most of the bookstores in Carteret County have stocked the, the books. Okay, um, all the books, bookstores now are, are across the country can order the books. We're, our printer in Tennessee is Ingram Spark. They're one of the largest, I think they may be the largest book publisher in the world, printer. And most of your bookstores... Um, I know uh, the online Amazons, they, they, uh, print books through them. So the book is available. Um, uh, but locally and then over in Washington, uh, Pamlico Books has got it. And then the, um, Pirate Waters Fly Shop 
uh, in downtown okay. Washington has the book too. So, uh, it's available and, um, yeah, it's, it came out, um, like I envisioned, uh, hoped it would. And the feedback so far has been very positive. Um, and I think it's already awakening people, awakening people to the knowledge that, yeah, the outdoors is a great place to spend time, but, Pay attention, and then if you get in a situation like we did, you can survive it, but you you need to keep a positive mind to you because we've talked to Coast Guard personnel up in Alaska since we while we were doing the research on the book, and right, right, they said everything we did has helped us survive. So, yeah. Wow. So it's September eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, you and a hunting party, uh, you got stranded in the middle of uh, Sandy Lake. That's right. Miles, hundreds of miles southeast of or southwest of Anchorage. Your boat capsized, and the mountain wave is to blame. That we probably should have asked this off the beginning. See, Joe, I'm 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 still a novice at this. Uh, so, what uh, what is a mountain wave exactly? So I'm glad you asked the question because I've been asked how the title of the book came about. While we were doing the research, um, there is a plane crash that occurs during the event. And so there was an an NTSB uh, report done on that crash, a National Transportation Safety Board report uh, filed on that plane crash. So we had that information uh, sent to us by the Coast Guard in in, in Juneau, Alaska, uh, while we were doing the research. And on that report, they they deemed the cause of that flight going down was by a mountain wave. And so I did some research on a mountain wave, talked to a one of the leading uh, climatologists in, in Anchorage about it and determined what hit us was likely a mountain wave. And that's, it, they occur in, in mountain ranges around the world, particularly in Alaska. And they, there's no warning. We had just finished, I just fil- finished filming a, a, a world class, I mean, a really nice Alaskan moose hunt. We were back on the beach ready to head back across the lake to the, to the lodge. It was a really pretty whole, – the whole week up there was beautiful, abnormal for that part of the state for that time of year. And But we got ready to get in the uh, – we were loading the boat, and uh, there was a slight breeze on the water, just a little ripple. We were all excited. I finished my, my duties of filming it. Everybody was just in a, in a great mood. And so we headed across the lake, and we're approximately 125 to 150 yards off the beach. And, I mean, a wind – from heck <laughs> came out from the behind us and hit us right from the back. And within a minute's time, minute and a half, um, we were in four to five foot seas and that turned that lake into to nothing but white water. And in a short order, we took two waves on the bow, one on the bow, one on the stern and the boat flipped us in the water. And that began the close to two hours that we were, uh, me and my partner, um, we're on the boat until we, yeah. the wind got to the other side of the lake. But, um, but it's, it's the total story that the people need to read and, and understand. By the time you finish reading the book, you'll yeah. understand why I wrote the book, basically. Right. Um, so yeah. can I ask you about Carolina Outdoor Journal? Because again, I, I, I'm sure. kind of geeking out over that. So the show <laughs> is kind of running in perpetuity. Uh, is it just, prohibitive at this point to, to do new episodes? I mean, the episodes are timeless. They stand up, but it just seems to me that 
with the way our ecosystem is and with the way the population has grown in a lot of the areas that you have fished over the years in the east, right. and I'm sure even in the western part of the state. Well, I love the state. Know, that yeah. Ha- yeah, that has a change. So, uh, is it just, is it just not in the cards to do, cause you know, John Moore's and I are on this East Carolina weight loss thing. He's now svelte. He's dropped 31 yeah. pounds. He's killing me. In wow. I'm, I'm only 25 or 26 down in the period of time. I'm trailing the mare. But well, I mean, congratulations is it just, to both of you. <laughs> yeah, well, got a long way to go. Is it just, is it just, you know, because, I mean, look, it's, it's expensive to produce television, especially sure. remote television. Well, great question, and I've been asked that. We, we, we produce 24 seasons of Carolina Outdoor Journal. Very fortunate. Uh, great partners with PBS North Carolina. And at the end of the day, I, you know, I started my career with Frank White, the Southern Sportsman TV show, filming his yeah. shows back in the, in the late 70s. That's where I, I call it moving pictures because I was shooting still pictures when I met Frank, still photography, yeah. and yeah. moved into to film with him. And, and shot for over about seven years off and on with him with uh, World War II vintage 16-millimeter uh, 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 film cameras. It's where I started and ended my career in television shooting high definition. The Carolina Outdoor Journal and another show that we produced, Exploring North Carolina, were the first two programs produced in North Carolina, produced, shot, produced, and aired in high definition in, in, in North Carolina TV history. A few people know that. Um, and so, uh, 24 seasons of it. And I just got to a point where, you know, I'd covered most everything and I knew I wanted the show to continue. And, and we worked it out with, with the network to, to, for the shows to continue. Being in HD, they will have a shelf life for many years to come, you know, and there'll be, there's a lot of information in, in all of our shows about yeah, how to capture species. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think. I could not have written this book any other time in, in my history because I didn't have the time. Number one, it's 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 an arduous task for anybody that's written a book mm-hmm. to write the book and then to get it published and now to market it is almost it's a Herculean event in your life. It really is. But for me, it's going to be worth well worth it because as Paul Webb, the Coast Guardsman who worked with us on the book up in Juneau told me he, after he read the manuscript, he said, Joe, it's imperative you get this book published. He said, if one person saves their life after reading, I mean, if they say, if yeah. they do something after reading this book, it was worth your effort putting it together. That's the first thing he well, told me after he read the book. And so yeah. that's, you know, that's all we've ne- needed to hear. But to answer your question, yeah, the shows will continue to air. There has been some talk Uh-oh. with my son about possibly continuing in some form, um, with Carolina Outdoor Journal, but we'll see. No, no decisions yet. But uh, for me, I've had a, I've had a, a heck of a run. Thir- Thirty years. Yeah. So that's pretty good so far. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome, and uh, just a great guy. And I've always, again, admired you from from afar. And if your son wants to do this, and you want to replace the mirror, because I'm much better looking than he is, that would be the new generation of. I, I'm, I can be the goofy host if, I uh, think, if you. Need I think that. he'd fit right in. But you, hey, one, one prerequisite. I, yeah. I, I get asked this all the time. How do I sure. get on the show? And you have yeah. to be able to catch fish. Can you catch a fish? I can catch it with my bare hands. I can't catch anything. I can't what? even catch a cold. Are you a noodler? You can't fish. You have a noodler. I'm a, I'm a catfish <laughs> noodler from Kinston. All right. Uh, Joe Albee, Mountain Wave. Pilk, put it up uh, one more time here on the screen. Uh, it is uh, going to be the book signing uh, tomorrow, 2 to 4. Mountain Wave Book Signing, Barnes & Noble in Greenville. This is available at Barnes & Noble's website 
Amazon, several stores throughout the East. Joe can tell you all about it tomorrow. Will Summers be there tomorrow? Is Nate going to be there with you, uh, Joe? Nate will be right beside me signing the book. You sure will. I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. And look, Joe's affable, Nate's grumpy. That's all you need to know when you go uh, to get the book signed tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Joe, thank you. This really meant a lot to me, and I, and I hope we've given you a little promotional push. And uh, thank I thank you. you for your time. Awesome to thank talk you, to you. Thank you, Patrick. You and Henry both. All I right. appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to do it. Joe Albee, thank you so much. Uh, great to have him on. Boy, that was fun. All right. Uh, Pilk's got a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update, and then uh, we'll talk uh, college sports and Duke, North Carolina. You can hear that on 103.7 and 94.1 in Greenville this weekend. Uh, they'll play at 6.30 Saturday night, and we'll talk about that with Joe Giglio from the OG Podcast coming up. But right now, Pilk, the ref, Philip Pilkington. Thank you, P-Man. Last night, the women's team defeated Tulsa 56-48. Danae McNeil led all scores with 17 points, and the Pirates have now won three of their last four. They will be in action Sunday when they travel to Wichita State to take on the Shockers. The men will be at Halton Arena in Charlotte on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Network coverage will start at 1.30 as part of the ECU Sports Network right here on 94.3 The Game. The Pirates are coming off a tough loss to the South Florida Bulls where Coach Schwartz says turnovers killed the team. In the first half, they made eight threes and they scored 11 points off our turnovers and I just thought we had some absolutely ridiculous turnovers uh, that you're not gonna, you can't give a team like that just freebie possessions. They're going to make you pay and, and they did it tonight. In baseball, the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association put out their preseason poll yesterday. The Pirates came in ranked at 13th. D1 Baseball also put out their preseason All-American list, and Pirate pitcher Trey Savage was named to the first team. A couple weeks ago, the Raiders made Antonio Pierce, their former interim coach, their new head coach, but they were still in search of an offensive coordinator. It appears they have found their man. They're expected to hire former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who is currently a senior offensive assistant at USC under Lincoln Riley. The skills challenge for the Pro Bowl wrapped up last night. The NFC is up 12-6 to over the AFC, but the crown will be given out on Sunday after the flag football game. That'll do it for your 94-3 game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report on the other side of this timeout. We will preview Duke Carolina, ECU and Charlotte, as well as the rest of the weekend in College Hoops with Joe Giglio. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Joe Giglio from the OG Podcast, one of my uh, great friends, another guy I've uh, obviously admired for years. And uh, as just sort of a dumb uh, talker on the radio, to get to talk to guys like Joe Albee and Giglio, who when I was younger I, I was aware of, is very cool for me. It just, it still is. Uh, Joe, how are you doing, my friend? You look great. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate you having me on. Well, I love to talk to you. It's the first time in the new year we've done it. Uh, so I appreciate your time. And tell Ovius, I do want to get him on. I want to try to figure out a day, maybe Friday, next Friday we get him on. Okay. I really yeah, we don't talk, record I, on Fridays, so we're, we're pretty loose. I've, I've never talked to Ovius, and I'll say this about Ovius. I don't like the obvious on-air character. I never have. But obvious <laughs> as a guy, obvious as a guy, I've always every the, the little interaction I've had with him, you know, he's always been really, really nice. So I think he's actually a really good guy. 
He is. So he is. Yeah, I, I really think he is. But uh, I don't like the on-air character of uh, Ovius. That just uh, I don't agree with him. All right, um, but it'll be fun. I, it actually would be cool to have him on. I'd like to have him. Hopefully, I don't get banned from certain things by talking to you guys like other people. We'll see. That's right. We'll see. That's All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I find it sweet irony as well that the according to the Capital Broadcasting Annual Survey in twenty three. You all were the podcast of the year. The sweet, sweet irony of that is not lost yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, play stupid games, get stupid prizes, Patrick. I know. I know. The OG podcast is available uh, right now everywhere. Uh, where is it available? When do you guys, as they like to say, drop new episodes? Yeah, Apple, Spotify, Google, all those good things. Just search for OBS and Julio. You'll find us. Uh, we have four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And then go. I do uh, Law of the Wolf, which is my NC State podcast. That comes out every Tuesday. I do that with uh, Scott Wood. So yeah, we have a lot okay. of fun. And we record in the morning. So it's available usually by 11. And then mm-hmm. our, our show actually premieres on YouTube at 2 o'clock in the afternoon okay. when some of our audience is used to consuming our product. Yeah, yeah. And it's going strong and it's going well. I'm, I'm excited and happy for you fellas. Um, let me you. ask you a little bit. Let me ask you uh, a little bit about, uh, before we get into sports talk, your son at ECU, is it, a, it still going well for him? Yes. Yeah, he, he did really well. Uh, proud dad here, first semester. Uh, 3.4 GPA. I was, I was wow. like, wow, oh, get it done. I, th- uh, I think mine was half of that my first semester. <laughs> hey, I feel like there should be a curve at ECU if you could do that, <laughs> you know, particularly your first year getting out right. there to Greenville. Uh, that's a lot of fun. So now nah, he, he's doing really well. He's looking forward to baseball. He's been to some basketball games too. I, I kind of cool. like what they've Good. been doing over with hoops. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see. He's getting ready. Uh, one of his, one of his buddies actually pitches for NC State, uh, from Garner. Okay. And, yeah. uh, we were talking this week and he's like, yeah, I might be a midweek starter for state. And I was like, ooh, I said, James oh. Jackson might be, uh, pitching yeah. against the guys. And he said, man, I, I really don't want to root against Jackson. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's how it goes, man. You got that's to. You got to. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, he's on it though. He's especially, on it. especially in this day and age. Uh, well, that's awesome. Um, no, I figured out after my first semester that, uh, if I wanted to stay and enjoy the, uh, the fruits of the, uh, of the experience at ECU, I needed to knuckle down and not try to make everything. I used to go to everything my first semester, and I thought, you know, I need to stick around here because the alternatives aren't that great. And uh, so I'm going to stick around here right now. And, I, and so I, I cut it back. I curtailed it to just Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> That's I didn't go. go. Yeah, I wiped out the the other four days of the uh, week going and doing you, you things. So. You can't just sit at home by yourself. You got to enjoy the college experience. Well, no, you do, but you, but you can't you can't go to everything <laughs> and expect to survive. That's you know that's there's always something. I'll just say that that would be my advice to anybody in going to college. One of the things I would tell them is there's always something. You you if yeah. you miss something, something's right don't around worry. the corners. The very yeah, back. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, you talked about your NC State podcast. I've got a, an NC State fan who constantly uh, texts me during the show because I uh, I, I bag on his woofies. Uh, are Keats and company going to make the tournament? Uh, the odds are no. Um, they still have an opportunity to. 
I think there will be more teams in the NCAA field from the ACC than, you know, your current projections. I, I suspect five on Selection Sunday will be in the field. Now, I can't tell you who those are going to be because I think the way that it's going to shake out, who gets a win over Duke, who gets a win over Carolina, then who gets wins over that other group. And I think it is helpful for NC State right now that they have wins over Virginia, Wake Forest, and Miami. I think those teams will be in that group. Uh, but I also think, you know, Virginia Tech's going to be in that group. Syracuse is in that group. Uh, and they have losses to those teams. So it's really going to be determined uh, by what happens here over the last, as we used to call it, half of the schedule, even though it's not around right. Robin anymore. Yep. And then I think Washington in the ACC tournament is going to be super important. I think anyone who loses their first game is can just say your season's over. And then certainly if you can, again, get one of those um, Duke or Carolina scalps, that, that's really going to go a long way to getting you into the field. Does okay? They don't. Let's just assume they don't make the tournament. Since you said the odds are they don't, what happens with Keats? Where is he as far as his contract? Is there really enough of a movement there uh, to move on? Is there an appetite to move on there? Uh, if, if again, if he doesn't make the tournament, or or if the season just kind of peters out, if he gets in the yeah. tournament and you know it just it kind of ends badly. <clears throat> I think there are two different conversations there. There's one within the fan base, which is saying it's year seven, it's not working, there needs to be more, um, you know, we're ready for a change. And I think there's a portion of the fan base that's having that conversation. To be fair, it was probably a bigger portion of that conversation, of the fan base having that conversation than they've had at any other point during his tenure. Then there's what's actually going on administratively. I think Boo Corrigan I don't think it's unfair to say that he cares more about football and is kind of invested in football. He has been the head of the college football playoff selection committee for the last two years. Infamously, yes, infamously Correct. he has been. Correct. So I don't think it's like painting with a broad brush. I once had a boss get mad at me because I said they paid more attention uh, to a different station than the one that I worked at. But I'll just I think it's fair to point out that he seems to be more invested in football than he is right. in men's yeah. basketball. Yeah. Um, that's not to say he ignores them or shirks them. It just seems to be a reality. Um, and then that conversation is also, well, what was Kevin Keats hired to do? What has he done? What have been the circumstances of those seven years here? And what is the reality of his contract? There are four years left on his contract. Now, that's around $7 million that they would owe him um, in this day and age. Who knows if that's really punitive enough and it all, all it takes is one motivated Wendell Murphy to decide that that change could happen. But I I don't think the same conversation is happening. The one you hear with fans is the reality of the same conversation between Boo and Kevin Keats and Randy Woodson and Boo. Uh, I think Kevin's probably on more solid footing with the administration yeah. than those who are disgruntled in the fan base would like to right. want to hear. Well, and and if that's the case, you know, we'll see how the next year or two plays out because then that apathy can yeah, maybe take a little I, more of a foothold, you know, in a, in, I, in a year or so. I think, I think Kevin's a realist too. Um, there have been other times where he has tried. You know, I think last year if Georgetown had called him, I, right. I think he yeah. probably would have yeah. gone in Georgetown's coach. Um, I think we're all looking for security, right? We're all trying to figure out, make sure how we keep the lights on at the house to stay gainfully employed. I don't think that makes him a bad person. 
Uh, I do think it's it's fair though to give him, you know, as Tuesday the win over Miami showed. You know, I, I just don't think there's that big of a difference, Patrick, between uh, you know the second place sure. team in this league yeah. and the 14th place team in this league. And I was at the ECU uh, Tulsa game, and you yeah, know, it was a really okay. good game. It was two evenly matched teams. I got, I honestly don't think there's much difference between number four in the country and number 140 in the country. I, I just, I don't see it. You know, all you got to do given, is look at the any given game. Yeah, any given yeah. game. All you got to do is look at these rosters and, you, oh, oh, you have a transfer from Winthrop. You have a transfer from uh, Radford, uh, the national champions with transfers from ECU, you know. Yeah. So, like, I just don't I don't see that big of a difference. And I think the, the most fair thing to do is let the season play out and figure out what happens. Like I said, they could still play their way into the NCAA tournament. I don't – the odds are they won't, but they still could. And it's it doesn't make any sense to sit here and be like, oh, let's fire – Someone in, in year seven, because it's year seven and we haven't won the national championship or we haven't won the ACC championship. I, I, don't, I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. Joe, Joe Gillio, the OG podcast, is with us here. Who needs to win more on Saturday between Duke and North Carolina? Uh, strangely, I think it's Carolina because they haven't beaten Shire yet. I feel like there was a good portion of the Carolina fan base. I mean, when I say good portion, probably like 99% of it. That was ecstatic when not only they you know beat Duke in the Final Four, but ended Mike Shashevsky's career the way that they did, and perhaps thought that uh, success was final. Well, success is not final, and you know Shire comes in the next year, they right. win twice, as I correctly predicted, and Duke wins the ACC title, and Carolina goes from you know feel good, you know happy story of making the final four and retiring coach K to watching Duke become the team that won the ACC. And, and, you know, as the number one team in the country last year, they became the first since the field expanded in 86 to go to miss the tournament entirely. So now you're seeing a little bit of a a bounce back from the heels. They're playing at a, a supremely high level, an elite level defensively. And that always travels in March, Patrick, you know, that, and I think they have a really good team, but I also think in this dynamic, you know, they want to say to, to Duke, you know, they thought they had that ultimate trump card. It's still a pretty good one. Let's, let's not, let's not kid ourselves, uh, having Mike walk out the way that he did, but the, th- the, the rivalry continues and you, you want to win some games and you want to uh, show that you're really the true blue blood of the triangle. Yeah. And the beat goes on. I mean, that's just, that's the, that's that's the reality, and I and I think uh, look, I think Hubert Davis has done a great job. He's got him to buy in defensively this year, as you've correctly stated. They maybe have one of the best guards in the country uh, on their roster uh-huh. now. Uh, you know, Duke's had some injuries, and I think it's a flawed roster. But there's something about this matchup that uh, you know it, it, it's always unique, and it never quite goes as you as you think it might. Yeah. Uh, and if it does go as you think it might, it might, it may go that way for a completely different reason. So who do you like in the game and why then, Joe? Saturday? Yes. Sir. I like the Hills. I like that they, you know, they have issues in Atlanta. They end up losing to Georgia Tech. I think you can learn from that. Uh, you know, Tyrese Proctor is coming on for Duke. Uh, so I could see Duke perhaps potentially getting hot from three and that's the way to beat Carolina. 
But I, I just like the way that Carolina defends. Uh, obviously at home, I think Harrison Ingram has added a different um, defensive, mm-hmm. grittier, um, grimier element if we're in the hockey sandpaper world here. I just think he's been a real boon. And he knows his role. Cormac Bryan knows his role. Wild card there is Elliot Cadeau. And I always say about the Duke Carolina games, these guys are all McDonald's All-Americans. They're all five-star recruits. They're all, everybody wanted all of them their whole lives. And sometimes they stumble a little bit and then they realize when they get to this game, this was always the game they were recruited on, right? This is the game they showed up yeah. for. This not, you know, Tuesday night against Tulane and nobody's in the building. This is the one and everybody's paying attention to this game. So there's usually a freshman who pops in this game and you go, oh, yep, they were waiting for this one. Uh, so that could be Jared McCain from Duke's side, but I suspect it's it's Elliot Cadeau from Carolina's side. Yeah, I think McCain's fantastic, though, and uh, we'll, we'll see. He's, yeah, I think I, I like that uh, the prediction that he also could have a big game because uh, I, I think he may. Hey, Joe, great to talk to you. Continued success. Tell, get, tell Ovius I want to get him next week. We can do Hello. something next Friday before the Super Bowl. We can get peak Ovius at that point. <laughs> and so it'll be, it'll be fantastic. So, all right. Uh, hey, Hello, Joe, Pete. thanks Appreciate a lot. You, yep. Take care. We'll see you soon. There he is. Uh, our great friend, the great Joe Giglio from the OG podcast, wherever you download your podcast, four days a week. They don't work Fridays. I love that. All right. Uh, we're coming back. And when we do, we'll uh, wrap up the show, wrap up the week on uh, the Patrick Johnson show. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, great show today. A lot of fun. Joe Giglio was fantastic. Joe Albee, that was a real honor. Uh, throw it back up there. Don't want to uh, go without mentioning again. You can uh, go get your uh, copy of Mountain Wave signed tomorrow at Barnes & Noble in Greenville. That'll be uh, from 2 to 4 tomorrow afternoon. So uh, I want you to go out and do that. Uh, both uh, Joe and Nathan Summers uh, will be there signing the book and talking to folks. And You can pick up your copy there or online. Uh, check it out. It's a great story. Uh, I'm uh, page through a little bit of it at the beginning and uh, looking forward to to reading the rest of it. Uh, thanks to Joe Giglio as well for being on with us today. I thought uh, that was good stuff from Joe to talk about uh, the triangle basketball teams and get a little variety as the uh, spice here. Speaking of uh, basketball, Pirates will be on the uh, hardwood tomorrow at Charlotte. That thing's going to be a sellout. They're loaded for bear there. They didn't have a game in the midweek. So you know that they'll uh, be rested and refreshed and uh, ready to go, and the Pirates are kind of wrapping up an extended stretch here before they have next week off. And uh, I tell you, it's just, uh, it is something that, uh, uh, that, that uh, I mean, Charlotte will be fired up tomorrow. So it's a 2 o'clock uh, tip, one thirty the airtime here on 94.3. Is it, it's 2 in the Pilk, yeah. Yep, one thirty the airtime on 94.3 the game and uh, 107.9 WNCT with Darren Vaught and Coach Perry. Looking forward to uh, that tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Charlotte's won seven in a row. They're sitting atop the league standings. So uh, Pirates will have their work cut out for them. Four and five through the first turn of the American, and uh, you'd like that to be a little better, but it uh, could be a lot worse. Patrick, All right, if, uh, if the see, Pirates win and I rush the floor, will you come bail me out of jail? No. The uh, We'll see. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, yeah, just call Zoki. 
Okay, yeah, that I'll call. I'll call Zoki. Call. Yeah, there we go. Out of uh, out of your first jail call needs to be Zoki, and then have him call me if he turns you down. All right. Um, thank you, Pilk. Appreciate it. Have safe have safe time. Have fun this weekend, and uh, we'll see everybody Monday with uh, Igo and Cliff Godwin on the program Monday. Patrick Johnson show.